Psalm 73. Verses uh, 24 to the end of the chapter. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to your glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire more than thee. My flesh and my heart, they, uh, they falter in weakness, but God is my strength and my heart, my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all of them that go or stay unfaithful from you. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all of thy works. Turn with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. I need to catch up one verse before we get to chapter 3, and that starts in verse 20 of chapter 2. So look with me, if you would, to uh, 2.20. And then the first four, five verses of uh, chapter 3. Galatians 2.20 With Christ, if you've become dead to the elementary principles of the world, why allow requirements to be imposed on you as if you were living under the world's control? Chapter 3 If you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at God's right hand. Apply your mind to the things that are above, not to the things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, makes his appearance, then we also will appear in glory with him. And then the exclamation point to all that we find in verse 5. Therefore. And why is the therefore, therefore, is to match all of these. We've, every verse that we've looked at has with Christ. And so here's the exclamation point. Therefore put to death whatever in your nature belongs to the earth. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning for the opportunity to come to open your holy word, your precious word to each one of us, your people. Thank you, Father. Help us now to apply. Apply what we hear, not just to our hearers and hearing only, but, Lord, that it will go right straight to our hearts. Thank you. We'll praise you and continue to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. The verses here in Colossians, we want to take a look at two specific points this morning, just two points. Point number one is our position in Christ, and point number two, the command that God has for us because of that position in Christ. Our position in Christ, and then the command that He's given to us. Our position, we find that, well, it's where we were. You have been raised in verse 1. It's where we were, where we are, that is, we are now hidden with Christ, and where we uh, hope to be one day, in the future tense, and that is, we will appear with Christ in verse 4. We'll see the commands in verses 1 and 2, that we are to seek or apply or to focus, get fixed on that which is 
heavenly. Let's look first at the, um, at the Christ accomplishments and where we were in verses 1. You have been raised with Christ. The literal Greek there means that we've, we were, we've been raised together with Him. Raised together with Christ. Raised or resurrection means to be raised from the dead. To bring back to life, to bring to view and again something that is useful, or a restoration of strength and of or vigor. To bring something back. Kind of like a revival. Need to make a distinction here between uh, two resurrections. A body resurrection and a spiritual resurrection. A bodily resurrection is where you and I were just physically alive. Then that dreaded day approaches and you and I, we die. But one day in the future, it will be resurrected and brought back to life by God. In the case of a spiritual resurrection, the spiritual nature in man, placed there by God at creation, we'll take a look at it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the spiritual nature of man died at the fall when Adam sinned. However, it was raised back together with Christ at his death, burial, and resurrection. And so we have, we have this beautiful picture together with him. But it's only a beautiful picture if you and I, we belong to him. Let's go back just a little bit and catch this bodily resurrection. Just as Christ was raised in the bodily form, so will the dead in Christ be raised as well. Christ is referred to as the first fruits of the resurrection. We can find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, and 23. Also, he's the firstborn of the dead. And we can find that in 1 Corinthians 1, 18. And Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. I want you to catch this right here, though. This is, this is important. For we find here in 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, since, our message is that Christ has been raised from the dead. What's our message? Christ has raised from the dead. That's our message. How can some people then say that the dead will not be raised back to life? For if that is a true statement, it means that Christ has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then you and I, we have nothing to preach, and they, they have nothing to believe. From these specific passages, we can know that when we experience death, it's not final. All those belonging to Christ, that's you and me, belonging to Christ, will be bodily raised according 
to biblical truth. That's what the purpose of the church is. To preach and teach biblical truth given to us by our founder, Jesus Christ. Let's look at the flip side or the other uh, dimension here that we want to look at, and that is a spiritual resurrection. That was just the bodily one I just talked about. Let's go to the spiritual one. And that is what he is referring to in, here in verse 1. And it's since, since this is a, a past tense verb, that we have been raised together with Christ, it's something that has already taken place. You and I have been raised. We have been raised. We know that we haven't undergone the bodily resurrection yet, but we have been resurrected. We've been resurrected in the spiritual dimension. And here's where Genesis 2-7 comes in. Man needed a spiritual resurrection since the fall. At the time of creation, God instilled in each one of us a spiritual nature, which was able to commune with God. And he did that by breathing into man's nostrils the breath of life, thereby giving us his spirit. However, Adam sinned. And so that nature then became a sinful nature. And there was no hope of any one of us returning to God without his help. When Christ came, celebrating in a few weeks here, when Christ came, he brought, he brought the spiritual nature back to life by crucifying our sinful nature with himself. In other words, our original spiritual nature was resurrected with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. In Romans 6.11, Therefore we can count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Same, same thing here in 3.1 of Colossians. The phrase being raised together with Christ is a reference to our regaining the spiritual communion with God through the accomplished atoning work. There was a Marxist standing in uh, Hyde Park in London and he pointed to a man uh, poorly dressed and he called out, Communism can put a new suit of clothes on that man. A Christian nearby heard that. And he shouted, Ah, but only Christ can put a new man in that suit. Raised with Christ. Let's look at a second point of position, and that is that we are hidden with Christ. Raised with Christ, now hidden in Christ. God has taken your new life and hidden it with Christ. And maybe we could, well, ask, um, why is it hidden? Glad you ask. Let's take a look at uh, two things. Maybe that will answer that. And that would be that uh, your life with Christ is valuable. And it's not only valuable, but it's uh, protected. So you got valuable and protection. 
Have you ever heard the saying, um, something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for? Uh, someone was willing to pay a million dollars for a baseball similar to this one. Remember who hit that baseball? I was thinking more lines of uh, Mark McGuire. Or maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was both of them. <laughs> Um, but a million dollars for something uh, just just like this. Uh, this one came from um, uh, Royals uh, Kauffman Stadium. It's got a ding right here where it hit the seat in front of me, and I just kind of <laughs> reached up and uh, grabbed it. But um, something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for. Uh wasn't worth much until some famous slugger knocked it over the fence. But even then, somebody had to step up and say, I'll buy it. I'll give you the money for that. God placed a higher value when he was willing to pay his son's life for what you and I could never accomplish. Can you think of a higher price ever paid for anything? We are valuable to God. He says that our faith is more precious than gold. 1 Peter 1.19 states it like this. It was the precious, priceless blood of Christ that was spilled to fulfill God's redemptive plan so that you and I might obtain what the fall destroyed. The, the relationship was broken between God and man. And the Lord saw how valuable we are to him through the sacrificial offering of his son, Jesus Christ. That's valuable. That's value. Secondly, it's protection. Where life with Christ is protected, enemies can't get to it. It is completely hidden from them, safe in the Father. Just like you would take a, an important document, whether it be a life insurance policy or, or some document that's, that's, that you hold near and dear to you, or jewelry or some kind of uh, monetary substance, you don't, want, you don't want it destroyed by fire. You would put that in a, a safety uh, security box. In a bank vault, it's protected by you know steel walls that are yay thick and uh, alarm systems and guards. It's under lock and key. It's so protected that it's, well, we could say it's under double security. And that's exactly where we are. We're hidden with Christ in God. So if someone would ask you, do you believe in eternal security? You can say to them, no, I don't. I believe in double security. That we're hidden, we're with Christ, and we're in God. Jesus shows that double security in that prayer that he prays to the disciples in John 17, 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but those that you gave me, for they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. A double security. 
First uh, Peter talks about an inheritance in verses four and five, about life and inheritance kept safely in heaven for you and me by the power of God. I like what uh, John, John writing to each one of us in chapter fourteen, verses one to four. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, many rooms, many dwelling places. If this were not so, I would have told you. But I go there, and I go there to prepare a place for you. And when I have accomplished all that, I will come back for you. And so that where I am, you'll be there as well. Where I am going... You know the way. Our life is hidden. That's our inheritance. That's our eternal home. It's just like a son who's younger. And he's, he needs to wait. He needs to wait on the father to inherit the father's wealth or riches. So we too have to wait until the time comes for us to receive that inheritance. We can think of our hidden life as that home that's waiting for each one of us. Growing up, I remember, I remember some songs that tie in very nicely with this. I learned um, some Negro spirituals. They were sung by the slaves. Uh, if anyone uh, understood what that hidden life was, I believe that they knew what it was about. They sang um, songs like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, Coming for to Carry Me Home. The home they wanted to go to was, it was in their hidden life. I think it was heaven. Totally unseen, perfectly hidden, Yet I, I have this sense that they were experiencing it yet while they were alive here on earth. There was another song just came to my mind, and, and maybe it's come to yours too. Um, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid out somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. A famous composer Fanny Crosby wrote this. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Where rivers of pleasure I see. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength. For each day. Here's a lady that was blind and yet wrote this beautiful hymn. She knew what it was 
to not only be raised with Christ, hidden with Christ, but now let's take a look at the final stage or final position or phase that we're here with, and that is that we will appear with Christ. Raised with Christ, hidden with Christ, and now appearance with Christ. And this is a future tense. It is a future tense when Christ returns for his church, his bride. He returns for you and me. Jesus, angels, and the apostles all talked about this future event when Christ will come back. We can find that in Matthew 24, 30 and 31. This is what Jesus said himself. Then the sign of the Son of Man shall appear in the sky. All the peoples of the earth will weep as they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. The great trumpet will sound, and he will send out his angels to the four corners of the earth, and they will gather his chosen people from one end of heaven to the other. The angels talked about Christ's return at the time of when he ascended back into heaven. We can find that in Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He's, they said, men, men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up? This same Jesus that you see going up before you, he will come back just as you've seen him go. Then the apostles, to the appearing with Christ, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and again the trumpet of God, the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Those in Christ will rise first. Afterward, we, the living who remain, will be caught up along with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall forever be with the Lord. Great promise there, folks. Great promise. But it's only a great promise if we know who He is and that we're raised with Him, we're hidden with Him, and we will appear with Him. Not only is our past secure, our present secure, but we await the future and hope of seeing Christ coming back. Let me reassure you, He is coming back. Our position is completely secure in Jesus Christ. Raised with Him, hidden with Him, and one day we will appear with Him. I had an eight-year-old come to, uh, to come to me as well as her mother. And she looked at Mommy, Daddy, uh, Jesus, Jesus needs to come back because of all the bad things that are happening in the world. That's, that's an eight-year-old. Um, some, some strange things come from the uh, mouth of kids. But when this is the interesting factor... Are, are my kids more aware of what's going on more than I am? Uh, God help me if that becomes the case. Because what are we instilling in our children? 
we need to instill our children what's, what the experience that we have ourselves. I, I can't give somebody something else I don't have myself. Just, just a friendly reminder. And that's, that's the value that I put. It's on my kids. Jesus needs to come because of all the bad things happening in the world. But good, good news, folks. Christ is coming back. And I have three children that will tell you that they are aware of it. Because I am aware of it and I've told them. Let's look lastly now at the command. We come now to the command. Whenever we study Scripture, we always want to find what God is asking each one of us to do. And so you enjoy grammar. Grammar everywhere. You look for the intense, imperative tense of the verb. And in these passages, there is one command, stated once in verse 1, and then repeated in verse 2. For emphasis, keep your minds fixed, set your hearts, set your minds, strive for, work for, set your hope on, apply your mind. Any one of those phrases fits right there in verses 1 and 2. What did Paul say in one other area? I, I'm going for the goal, I'm pressing on, and there's nothing that's going to stop me. Question then arises, what do we spend most of our time thinking about, planning for, and working towards? Some of us, it's retirement. Others of us, um, trying to make just a little bit more than I did last year trying to save a little bit more in the 401k. Um, I'm trying to read more. I'm trying to study more. God commands us to seek. Keep seeking. Keep searching. Keep pressing on toward the things that's up there. Paul was looking up there because that's where Christ was. Christ was always ahead of him. Is Christ ahead of you and me? On board the Titanic, there was a Scotsman by the name of John Harper. He was making his way to America, to Moody Bible Institute located in Chicago, Illinois, at the invitation of the dean. Three years after the sinking of the Titanic, In Hamilton, Canada, a young Scotsman rose up in a church service, probably something similar to this. This is what he said. I was on the Titanic the night she went down. I had been thrown into the waters and somehow managed to grab onto the piece of the ship and drift along, hanging on for dear life. The waters were icy. What an awful night. Suddenly, a wave brought a man near to me. He said his name was John Harper from Glasgow. He, too, was holding on to a piece of wreckage. He called out to me, Man! 
Are you saved? No, I'm not, I replied. He shouted back in the darkness, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The waves bore him away, but strange to say, a little later he, he, he washed back beside me. Man, are you saved now, he called out. Uh, no, I replied. I cannot honestly say that I am. Once more he repeated the verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Then, losing hold of the piece of wood, he sank. And there alone in the night, with two miles of water underneath me, I believed. I trusted Christ as my Savior. For you see, I am John Harper's last convert. You see, John Harper, he was seeking He was seeking the things above, even in the last moments of his life. Not even thinking so much as to save his own life, but knowing that his true life was hidden with Christ, he sought others to bring to that same knowledge. Have you sought the things above lately? Will you seek the things above this coming week? Will you seek time to be alone with Jesus Christ? How will you store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy? Let's pray. Father, this morning, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus Christ. The only one who could restore Lord, it was paralyzed it was paradise lost. We lost paradise. But when Christ came and took on Himself what none of us could do, Lord, Christ restored us beyond paradise because we're secure. Lord, I thank You and praise You this morning that each one of us can be raised with Him hidden with Him, and appear with Him when He comes to gather His chosen to be home with Him. Lord, help us. Help each one of us here this morning to put to death everything that we would associate to this earth. Help us to focus on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. We'll praise you and thank you for allowing us to keep pressing on, to keep going, to get to that goal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.